0: Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa Lee, and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to find stubborn weight loss. What is NourishMail? NourishMail is all about finding nourishment through your health, through nutrition and fitness, but also through careers, family, and finances. This podcast is strictly for women only. We talk about various topics, including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because an episode will be released every single week. Okay, today we have an awesome episode coming up because I have with me a real woman who has PCOS. Instead of me explaining certain signs, information, or just reading out my blog post, I have Angelica with me to share her real-life experiences and struggles with PCOS. So welcome, Angelica
1: hey how's it going
0: it's good um i'm so excited to have you here because you are my first kind of real life woman who wants to share her story and i'm really honored to have you here i'm also really incredibly proud that you want to share your message to other pcos women um so just let us know who you are and what you're all about
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I feel like a lot of women can relate to us through our experiences. So I'm really excited to share um, pretty much anything and what I'm going through. So I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I was very, very active since I was a child and involved in different sports. I used to be a personal trainer. I was uh, addicting to running and I was a runner for six years and I was diagnosed with uh, PCOS in 2015. And a year after I was diagnosed, I actually quit running. Um, I went through a, a depressing time. Um, it was like a feeling that, you know, you love something so- so much you love doing something so much and all of a sudden you're told you can't do it anymore because of your PCOS Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden what do you do next if that was running was my oh my gosh it was like my stress reliever it was like it was a moment of for me like me time only and and, um, I had to just quit it. So it was a depressing time, and the feeling of having something ripped out of you. I know it sounds crazy, but it was it was my everything. Running was my de stressor. Running was was making me happy. Running controlled my symptoms. Running was everything. So when a doctor tells you you got to cut down on running, then you eventually stop doing it. So after that, um, you know, it was hard to to get motivated to do any type of exercise. But, you know, during that time, I was getting ready to train for a marathon. I was getting, like, I had these big goals. Like, I wanted to travel to Miami to do my first marathon. And I wanted to do this and do that marathon. And it was really tough. But now, you know, um, I'm a podcaster. I work in the construction field. I do have my own career. And now, I my thing is, I feel like, we need to create awareness with PCOS and this is why I'm doing this with you and I'm happy that we are able to connect because we go through real life experiences and it's going to help a lot of women out there who's listening.
0: Yeah I totally get that and that's that is um, I think something a lot of uh, that is something that a lot of PCOS women can relate to you mm-hmm. know having to give up what they loves like lifting weights you know being active um i want to ask like when do you think you why did you think you had pcos was it because you were over exercising from the running or that was when you discovered you had pcos or was it something else
1: well one of the symptoms the biggest symptoms i had was the feeling of bloating So even though it was so active, I was running about 20 to 30 calls a week. I was swimming. I was um, weight training. I was doing yoga. I did it all. I was training seven days a week, right? Because the program that I was on to train, a half marathon or a marathon, I had to be very consistent. And it was was intense. It was. But I loved it. Trust me, I loved it. And um, it made me feel so good. And then, you know, I started to notice that why am I always bloated? Why is it that I'm always bloated? Every time I eat healthy or not, why am I always bloated? Why is it that I do a crazy workout session and all of a sudden I'm still bloated? I never felt like I had a six pack. I never felt like I had a flat stomach. I was very strong and I felt that, but my core for some reason, I don't know if it was retaining water rates. I don't know what it was, but those were the little symptoms. The other biggest symptom was, In 2014, I stopped having a period. So besides experiencing bloating for so long, the biggest one was not having a period for three months. Then I thought I was pregnant. Because you think, okay, after three months, I'm pregnant. What's going on? And I wasn't even married yet. And you start to freak out. And unfortunately, it wasn't that, which I would have been happy with it. And I would have been, you know, accepting of it. But it wasn't that. So I'm thinking, what is going on with my body? I'm working out. I'm eating healthy. I'm yes. Okay. I'm bloated, but what is really happening? So I was like, okay, let me just let these three months slide. Let's see how it happens. But of course we all know when you say I'll do it later or I'll check up myself later. It doesn't become later. It actually becomes a year later in 2015, and all of a sudden, I'm in a gynecologist's office and I'm explaining to her, I haven't had a period in a year. What do I do? What is happening? What do I need to get done? Please let me know. Yeah, so.
0: Were you, like, were you just like, please tell me what to do?
1: Yeah, I was concerned because, okay, just like a little short story my periods, I started when I was in grade probably grade five or six. So I started really young to get my periods. It was, so when I got my period, it was really bad symptoms. It was um, very heavy flows, going to the bathroom every 30 minutes. I had really bad cramps to a point where um, I had to stay home from school for a week because my cramps were, I felt like Excruciating pain, like someone's punching me down there, like really hard, or scratching me with like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was excruciating pain. I felt really sick. I felt like I wanted to throw up. I had low blood pressure. I felt really cold. Then I felt really hot. And then it just, I would cry for hours on end. And my mom's just like, I don't know how you get these periods. I honestly don't know. I don't know how you suffer so much pain. I don't know what's going on. So, we weren't really sure. So after going through so long of having those types of periods, and then all of a sudden in 2015, 2014, it stops. You're just like, oh, this is awesome. I can finally take a break because you suffered for so long. But being desperate, because as you're getting older, you're thinking about the future or what's going to happen with my body. I really needed to know those answers. So going into a gynecologist, I was referred by the doctor and she said the first thing she asked me, which is very shocking, and maybe most of you can relate who's listening. She said, Are you a dancer, a rower, a cyclist, a runner? And I'm just looking at her like in denial, like, I don't know what you're talking about, but um one of the one of all that you mentioned. And she's just like, no, honestly, seriously, what are you? Cause that gynecologist was like tough love. Like it's crazy. Her personality was like, she <laughs> didn't care. And I was just like, well, yeah, I'm a runner. And she's like, how often do you run? And I said, well, okay. Like up to 20 kilometers a week. I didn't tell her I did more than that. And she's like, you need to stop. And I'm just like, what does that have to do with anything? And she was telling me, well, you're putting too much stress on your body. She's like, what else do you do? So I listed her, my seven day program. And when I take breaks, what I do and you know, all that stuff and what I eat. And she's like, you need to cut it down. I was like, well, how does that make sense? I don't understand. And she's just like, you're putting too much stress. You've overdid your body and running outside and any other sport you're you're doing extensive extensive training so you're adding on extra stress adding on extra stress she didn't ask me to do an ultrasound which was a bit weird at the beginning mm-hmm. she only asked me to take blood work now she went like in detail of blood work which i don't remember and basically i had to pick a day out of the week and go in at that specific time so i picked friday mornings at 7 30 every friday for the next i think was the next three months and the one thing she said do you want to have kids and i said well yeah that's that's the plan and she's like well if you don't do these little things as in cutting down your exercise and doing low impact then it's going to be hard for you so then i was just like But she's not telling me what's wrong with me. So she's like, just do the blood work for now, and then you're going to come follow up with me in like three months. And she's like, the other one option I want to give you is birth control. And I said, How is birth control going to help me if I plan on having children at that time in two to three years, for example? Doesn't birth control prevent you from having children? And she's like, Well, it'll help you to. Like pretty much jumpstart your periods again. And I'm just like, it doesn't make sense to me. So how is birth control gonna help? And I said, you know what? I'll take your recommendation of cutting down my running and my exercise, and then we'll go from there. Because I was so in denial. Like, how could you tell me to take birth control if I just told you I wanted to have kids in two to three years? Yeah. So I ended up doing all the blood work. Three months later, I do a checkup. Literally. I think it was two weeks or four weeks before I was seeing her for that checkup, the follow up, I got my period. So I'm just like, is this a miracle? Is this the universe telling me that, like, I need to do this? This is, like, what I have to do? And I show up to the office and she's like, So you got your period? And I'm like, Is she a psychic now? Because, no, like, how is she supposed to know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the normal. Uh, I know. Person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what is going on? So she's like, Well, it's see by your blood work, I noticed you were gonna have a period. And I'm like, Okay, but I don't remember what specific um details it was because it's been so long. Yeah. Um and then she's like, Yeah, it says here you were about to ovulate and all this other stuff and da, da 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 da. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So the blood work tells you. So she says, Okay, well, it seems like you're gonna have another period because by according to your blood work, it's 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 in that process. Mm-hmm. So she's like, keep doing what you're doing. Cut it down. You're running. Um, just try to run five kilometers a week. Five kilometers a week is like, oh my God, what else are you going to do? So I took her advice and she says, don't come back to me because you need birth control. So she's like, I'm not going to give it to you if you don't want it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see you back here because then that means you're doing hundred percent. Okay. So after four months, I ended up getting my period. Um, I followed what she said, you know, started running for five kilometers. And then that That was it. That been
0: hard for you. Uh, Marathon wannabe, running only five kilometers per week.
1: Yeah, it, it was really, really tough. It was really hard, but I had to do it. I ended up cutting out swimming. I cut it out cycling. Um, I just kept it just weight training and yoga to help de-stress the body. But it was, you know, after four months consistently, I got my period. And then all of a sudden it just stops again. Oh. So now I reach another roadblock and then now I'm thinking, okay, sure. Let me just take another break of no periods because pads cost money. <laughs> it just costs a lot of money. <laughs> is, and it was nice. That's first. That's a good one. <laughs> I do. I don't know how much it is, it, pads are where you are, but for us, it's like they went up in price. It was now it's like thirteen ninety nine for like for twenty four. I'm just <laughs> like this is crazy. I go through like three packages. Come on, yeah, because okay. I have the heavy flow. So what can I do? <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I hit another roadblock
0: so wait again so you so you went back to your doctor yeah and you felt really puffy and like water retention and all that okay and what did you, what did she say this time
1: so then after seeing what the results were given from the gynecologist that i visited you know the year before she's like with all your symptoms you're telling me I can tell you and what she said on these notes, because there's some notes that you don't see from doctor to doctor, believe it or not, unless the doctor tells you what it is. So she says, you have PCOS. And I was just like, really? What is that? And she's like, well, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome where you have ovaries that are preventing you to uh, ovulate, and you know the whole cycle thing. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? So she gives me a handout of like information, and she says these are the symptoms. This is what happens, and it seems like you have hormone imbalances according to your blood work. But my family doctor ended up doing more research, so she ended up doing like more blood work for me. I want you to do an ultrasound every month. I need you to do, uh, let's just do an x-ray just for the sake of an x-ray, just to make sure it's not anything, you know, internally, like maybe something's like hitting it. I don't know. So she was really nice at doing all of that, you know, all of those examinations. And she's the one that diagnosed me that I had PCOS, not the gynecologist, but I didn't end up going back because I was just like, forget it. I'm just, I'm going to find another Just Were
0: you in denial? Were you like, I don't think I have PCOS. Like, I don't even know what this is. Or is
1: Of you- course. Yeah. Of course I was. Like, you know, with PCOS at the time, you didn't hear any, like, what is it?
0: Yeah. It's not I a thing, right? Yeah.
1: No one talks about it. Exactly. And then now, 2018, 2019, Everyone's like, I have PCOS, I have PCOS. Like, every person on the street has PCOS. And now it's both,
0: (laughs) you know, very misdiagnosed. It's overly diagnosed, and it's also underdiagnosed at the same time. Like, it's crazy. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It is crazy.
0: Okay.
1: And that was my journey with PCOS, and (laughs) it's been a long one, it seems like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so how, like, since then, have you actually, you know go on the birth control like how did you manage all your symptoms
1: so i did not go on birth control because if you think about the the symptoms of it like not the symptoms it prevents like the meaning of it it prevents you like we're given birth control at a young age because it prevents us from having a child that's my perception of it and that's what everyone you see like I was surrounded by was saying it just prevents you from having a child yeah so why should I take that but I did try it once a couple years back before that which it was the worst experience of my life but at that time I said what is the point if I'm trying to have kids in the next couple years Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: why am I like why am I going through this hassle so I did not do birth control um, all I did was just change the way I eat. So okay. it was just eating that really helped me out. And I kind of I noticed my period will come for like a good six months and then it will stop. Then six months later, I'm at a standstill, then it will come back, and then it just kept going. But when I did get married, that's when you're just like, Okay, what's gonna happen? Am I, what's the future telling me? Am I able to have children? I had a cyst rupture was two years ago Mm -hmm. and it was the most excruciating pain I've ever had. I was like, this is worse than like my periods. And I was normally, I prepared for my period pain. I am prepared and I can handle pain. But this one was like, I called my mom. I'm like, I'm giving birth to something inside that I don't have And I'm going through so much pain and I don't know what childbirth is all about, but I'm going crazy. I was rushed to the hospital because I went to the walking clinic. They said, you need to go to the hospital. And then I went to the hospital and apparently I had a cyst rupture and it wasn't too big. And I don't remember the intentions. And they, of course, the nurse there, she says, do you plan on having children? Looking at my husband, yes, we are. She's like, well, I don't think you can have children.
0: That is harsh.
1: And I, I just cried. Yeah. Yeah. From a nurse. Not even a doctor, a nurse. So I cried just sitting there and I was just looking at my husband like, if only you knew what I suffer with this PCOS. It's it's just unbelievable. Like, I hope you understand. What's happened and what's going to happen? Because, you know, since my husband, like any other men, like I'm speaking on behalf of mine, but maybe some of them are similar, it's just like they don't get it. They think it's like, oh, we're going to have a baby tonight. Cool. Oh my God, nine months later. No, it's a long process. And for a nurse to tell me that and being in that emotional state, it was like, what am I going to do? Like, what can we do?
0: Yeah, and then how old were you when this happened? Like, did you have, you know, like a ticking clock on your um, prime age to give birth?
1: Well, when I was, okay, so we're 2014. I was like 23, 24 when I got diagnosed. Now I'm turning 30 this year. This ruptured when I was 28. So, you know, for me, I feel like... Um, it's, you want to get, I, well, I wasn't married, I was married. And then you're thinking, okay, in two years, three years, I'm going to have children. Um, so being able to trying for a child for five years, it, it hasn't been easy because obviously like now that I'm turning 30 this year, I would expect to have a child by now. And, you know, it, our relationship between me and my husband was just like, Oh, it happens. It happens. Right. Cause it's, it, it's just how we think it's just, it happens. It happens. But we didn't expect it to be this hard. Right. We didn't expect it to be this difficult. And I wanted him to really understand. And I try to educate him how it's difficult to, to have a child and the symptoms I go through. So at that opportunity, when the nurse told me, like, you won't be able to have children. It was one of those. It was like good leeway. It was obviously for me. It was heartbreaking, but for him was, for me it was like, okay, this is his chance to really fully understand what I'm going through and how it's not easy. Like he is older, and you know, when they're older, it's like, oh my gosh, when I have my children, I have my children, yeah. but hello, it's not easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's like, that's a really good way of like, you know, taking control of the situation. You could have easily just fell apart and be like, Oh no, I can't have a child. Like you could have given up on your you know, your desire to have children but I really admire you for that, for being like, Okay, like this is my chance to actually teach my husband about what's been going on. And I feel like a lot of women would resonate with you in that sense, because Mm -hmm. I've had women tell me that they go through all these problems of being infertile and told that they can't have children either. And I was just wondering, like, how did, like, what kind of support did your husband give to you? Like, in terms of being men in our lives, they're really important to, you know, show us that love and that, emotional understanding that, okay, we're trying our best, um, you know, and not having that stress from him.
1: Well, after that day, um, I ended up educating him a little bit more and my symptoms because, you know, when you're at the hospital, they ask, okay, what were you feeling? What were your symptoms? Um, When did it happen? So he got pretty much a good history what I've been going through. But after that, it was more like, it's that conversation that you have to have. -hmm. What's going to happen? Because I've had to mentally prepare myself in a way where if I can't have kids, am I going to be okay with it? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If I try and try and try with whatever treatment is out there, am I still going to be okay not being able to have a child? And then you're thinking again if I have a child, am I going to be okay or how am I going to deal with it to get back on my feet if I do lose it? Cause we have a high chance of that happening, right? Having a miscarriage. And then I'm thinking, am I okay without children? So I, after that, it's like you're mentally trying to train yourself that whatever happens in life, it's meant for a reason, but at least I can say I've tried everything. So I I see so many situations that happen and I've seen a lot and it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, like right now I'm accepted the fact that if I can't have children, I can't have it, but I'm trying. So I'm trying whatever it takes to have one and I'm very positive about it, but sometimes you always have to accept the reality of it. And with him, it's educating him. And he's, you know, kind of still like, well, I still want to have a child. Okay, I understand that. But like, there's other options of doing it, but you need to understand the process. He's been very supportive in a way where if I have to go to a million doctor's appointments, he's going to be there. If I have to take, like, I've gone the natural way. Mm-hmm. and I have to spend a lot of money on the natural way, then he's supportive. If I go to the medical way of doing IVF treatments or whatever is out there, then he's like, okay, I'll, we'll do it. We'll support it. Um, yeah. Because he really wants a child, right? Yeah. I do too, don't get me wrong. But then I have to look at my reality and accept it for what it is as well and then work on it. So he's been he's been. Support- supportive and he's been like hey if you want to go the natural way go ahead that's fine no problem right if I have to eat a strict diet he's there to support me regardless so I really like that about him and I appreciate the support that he's given me
0: that's so awesome um I feel like what would you say to women who do who have a similar kind of situation and what would you you know tell them to have a belief in or like what would you share with them on how to speak to their husbands about it
1: my advice so what you have first then you won't be able to talk about it
0: mhm so wait having like laying all the cards out on a table to see all your possible options to look at the scenarios
1: exactly but you yourself have to accept what you're going through, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we are, we live in denial in certain situations. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately you, you, you you tend to not be able to communicate what you want to say or voice what you want to say. So I first had to accept the fact that it took me a long time to say, okay, you know what? I have PCOS. I gained weight. I lost that body that I had that I was, you know, so maintaining. Um, I have lack of energy. I sometimes don't sleep. I have crazy acne. I crave food like crazy in a way where it's either salty before a period or whatever it is. And you just want to keep eating. Like, you know, I have to accept the fact that I go through mood swings, like from zero to 100 in some days, like, I have to accept it. I have to accept that if I shave my legs, facial hair is going to come back like as, you know, the next day, right? Because that's one of the symptoms, right? So I have to accept that's the reality and having a child is you have to know the pros and cons of trying to conceive because then once you accept that, it becomes easier for you to talk to your husband or wife. Like it becomes easier for for you to be like, okay, you know what? This is what's going on. This is what I'm going through. I just need you to be aware of this is the reality. Mm -hmm. Because once you accept something, it's going to be easier for you to talk to him or her about it.
0: Yeah. Once you accept something, it's easier to expose it to be vulnerable about it. Um, and not to feel shame around it. Um, So from here, I would like to kind of segue into kind of how you're living with your PCOS now. So we talked about like, you know, you're managing your weight and like going on like a good diet. Like So just tell um, the listeners, like what kind of natural ways are you using to help with your PCOS?
1: So I've been seeing a naturopath for a year and a half. And the reason why I do want to tell listeners why I wanted to go the natural way is because, first of all, here in Canada, medically, it's disgusting to see what they recommend you through processes to see what treatment works. I've seen stuff from people that I know and people that they know what they recommended like they're recommended high blood pressure pills they're recommended diabetes when they don't have any they're recommended different types of medication that you're just like this is what my dad takes for his high blood pressure for his high cholesterol for his heart problems and I'm like how is a doctor recommending these crazy pills that my dad takes every day to somebody who's super healthy mm-hmm for someone who's healthy, who's normal, who does not have anything. So when I looked into what they give you and what they see, what's best, how can I put that into my body? And then you, in your body, you're, you're starting to create other things because there's nothing to take out. So it's, I guess, you know, you're creating some other stuff in there. Like I found it so like observe that you can recommend diabetic pills to somebody who's not even diabetic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you, when you, when you see the list and you see all these processes and stages, it gets pretty expensive. Like I know someone who spent a hundred thousand dollars in five years to write the, 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 find the right treatment and all the pills this person had to take. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. And okay, but yeah, you have a child now, but look at the money you're spending and who knows what's doing to your body. Right. So I went the natural way because at least I can take supplements that's pure and natural recommended by naturopath. I may not spend a hundred thousand. I may spend half of the money, but I also do acupuncture treatments I do meditation and I do stress reduction treatments in order for everything to work naturally.
0: That is great. And I find that, you know, PCOS women, we really need to take care of our stress levels because especially for those of you out there who wants to, you know, get pregnant, um, when you're stressed, your body prioritizes the cortisol um, production. And so instead of you know, your body being prepared to nurture and to give life to a new being, your body's like in the mode of wanting to fight and to flight. And that impacts your digestion, it impacts your hormone production, your Mm -hmm. estrogen, progesterone, it impacts your sleep. So this is a really, really big missing link that a lot of women, um, I find that they don't think about when they want to try to get pregnant. They have all this perceived stress that they want to I need to get pregnant. I need to get pregnant, and they have stress from all um, walks of their life, all areas of their life. And this is mm-hmm. why, um, when I work with my clients, I actually one of the stages in my program, I actually work with them to identify the stress triggers. Um, they go through, you know, a whole phase, a whole month of actually monitoring what stresses them out and how their reactions are. And then, yeah. Uh,
1: that's amazing because that's what my naturopath did. The first thing was identify what anxiety I have because I do have anxiety. What stress do I have? And from then on, when I was given supplements, now I'm not saying like supplements, like a, it's not your typical supplements. It's not like going to the store and getting vitamin D. It's not going to the store and getting like uh, um, m- you know, a multivitamin. My naturopath recommends me the pure of the pure supplements. And one of them I was taking... Um, I have, it was inositol, um, sap, which is a powder and it's basically helps to supplement. It's a supplement to help support egg health. Who would have thought there was a supplement for that? Right. Yeah. Um, and then she recommended me, uh, tribulus, which helps manage your PCOS and encourage ovulation and regular periods, right? You don't see that over the counter.
0: Yeah, you definitely
1: don't. Yeah. And then I was recommended by Biogest. Um, Biogest is, um, it helps with digestive enzymes to ease digestion, to reduce bloating. Mm-hmm. So I was given a lot of supplementation to help all of this functioning again. And you know what was crazy, which it was like a miracle? So she says, natural things will take longer for your body to kind of process and you kind of get the hang of things of what's going on. So she says, it's going to be about six to one year, six months to one year to see your regular periods. And then just keep doing what I'm doing with like meditation, um, put some meditation music on when you go to sleep because I have problems sleeping. And she says, um, Um, try to you know incorporate healthy fats into your diet so she's telling me what to eat and I'm like amazed and then I love tea so she recommended me different teas to help with digestion and help balance hormones for women with PCOS so Melissa oh my god it is it is yeah it is and Melissa I'm gonna tell you and all the listeners honestly three months later three months of following everything she's helped me i've been getting a period for the past year and a half of seeing her
0: that's amazing and i'm so happy for you like that's a true celebration and like indicator you know evidence of how using natural um yes i all know can help you yeah because
1: and- for me it's like okay i can tell you I have really good work benefits and I'm so happy that they cover naturopath unlimited sessions for the whole entire year. I used to see her twice a week. I used to, um, I still get natu- uh acupuncture treatments and certain points on my body that she does. It's for liver health. Cause obviously liver takes, you know, a, a certain part of that with your PCOS. She puts points for homework imbalances, points for stress, points for anything that's just keep this body going, right? Yeah. So thank goodness for, and I thank God because my work benefits, has helped me get the treatment that I need. And, you know, they're not cheap. Here in Canada, for a half-hour session, it's like 130 bucks. But if you see that person at least once a month uh, and get the material you need, at least this way, you can really like get the proper information. I know there's not many naturopaths that are really good because I've heard stories where, oh, they just recommend me all the medication and then I'm stuck with all this medication that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So it's really getting to know the person and really finding what their purpose and what their specialty is. And she is specializes in PCOS, which is one of her biggest ones. And she's had quite a bit of success story. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to work with her and I'm going to see how this goes. And I've told my husband I'm going to be spending quite a bit of money because supplementation, like I didn't know Nozotov was going to be $100 Canadian for such a little amount that can only last me like two months because you're drinking it like three times a day, a little scoop. But at the end of the day, I'm saying if I'm spending $73, that's so much cheaper than me paying for... um, hormone injections from a fraternity clinic that they're charging i heard for three tubes um 173 dollars and that's for three tubes yeah so mm -hmm. do the math like it's either get the natural supplementation or you're just gonna burn your money getting medication that you don't know if it's even good for you or not
0: right so you know just a whole summary you know you went the natural way You got your periods back for a year and a half. Um, You saw a naturopath. Um, And this is something that I think I want my listeners to actually really get in tune with. So yeah, you know, all of us have seen our OBGYNs like the normal doctors, but also be open to look at the functional medicine world and look at holistic health practitioners who can help us uh, more in terms of nutrition, looking at sleep, and most important, also hormone balance. I love that. Um, so moving on, I, am, I just want to ask you, like, what is the, best, the biggest misconception when it comes to women and their health? Like, What do you think that, you know, there's this thing that women always get wrong about their health?
1: Uh, I think there's a lot of them.
0: Pick one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I feel like... Uh, the biggest one that I can relate to is, like they say, you can't do anything about menstrual your your period cramps. I say period cramps because it is a period. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a. Good I I, one. Used, I used to hear that a lot. Like, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Oh, just it's my, like it's
0: normal. Yeah,
1: it's just normal. Deal with it. No, it's not normal because with a naturopath, I never had cramps for the year and a half. I'm not struggling getting out of bed. So you can do something about it. And I suffer pain free for the past year.
0: Nice.
1: So yeah, it's doable. Instead of me taking naproxen 400, two pills for the past, who knows how many years, obviously since I was a kid, cause they didn't know how to house to control it. Besides giving me IV at a hospital, mm-hmm. they said, Oh, you know, here you go here's another 30 pack because you're gonna need it for the next couple months yeah instead of taking that and intake it because your body gets used to it now i'm pain-free thanks to acupuncture thanks to all of this stuff that's happening all of this natural supplementation like i i know i may sound like a salesperson but (laughs) at the end of the day i have a great success story with working at the naturopath And I'm just excited what's coming ahead because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're due now to get back on this baby road. And I do do have to lose a little bit more weight in order to keep myself, to maintain that weight in order to keep going. But I do have a liver problem that has nothing to do with anything. It's just, I feel like it's genetic that we're working on in order for me to be able to have a child.
0: That's amazing. You know, to be pain-free and to be, back on their drive to be like, okay, baby back on, like, exactly. I can, I can actually really think about getting a child. Like, I love that. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing with all our listeners and everyone out there. Um, and then why do you think women, you know, in this current age have such preconceived negative notions about our periods? Like why, why do people always complain about our periods? I mean, besides the pain, like, why do you think we have such negative thinking about it?
1: Um. So this one's a tough one, because I think, I guess it depends. Every woman, everybody's different. And I feel like the, the media and the magazines and movies make it seem like having a period is just like, oh, two days, easy flow, and it's done. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, it's that perception that we get on television that, oh, it's just, you know, pain-free. You can wear the lightest pad possible and look great at the same time. Yeah. Um, I I always used to complain about my periods. It's because in reality, like, I suffered a lot. And I used to be like, oh, this thing again. Like, why does it have to come? Why does it have to come?
0: Yeah. And that's the, that I think forms the biggest part about being negative about it because of all the symptoms that we suffer. And obviously no one wants to go through that same thing every single month.
1: Exactly. But it also depends how, see, now I've learned with a naturopath, Mm -hmm. it's, you have to picture how you want things to be anything in life too, right? Like, I'm actually going to see my naturopath after we're done. And it's one of those things where every time I go in there and we start with the acupuncture, she's going to say, you need to think about what you want. So then I start thinking, obviously the one thing is like, my periods need to come back. My periods need to come back. And I, sometimes I feel like I'm getting punished. I sometimes feel like I'm getting punished because back in the day when I was younger, I used to say, I don't want my period. What's this period? Why do I need a period? I'm always, you know, like I'm the craziest person during my period yeah and yeah all of a sudden a couple of years later I'm getting kicked in the butt because I'm struggling to get a period and now you want it yeah so I guess what you perceive into the universe is you're gonna get it back somehow be but careful I'm, what you ask for exactly because now I'm suffering <laughs> it's like oh okay this is great yeah didn't want my period all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm like Oh my goodness, I'm getting kicked in the butt for this.
0: That's that's crazy, like how you know sometimes we set intentions for ourselves. When we were younger, we didn't know any better, right? We just wanted yeah. to make ourselves comfortable and then like you realize that intention is like, whoa, it's actually biting you back.
1: <laughs> it is, it is. So I feel like this is punishment. So for those complaining, honestly, just embrace it embrace it in a different way because there's always someone worse than you out there. Now that's where my mom comes in and says, there's always someone worse than out, w- out there. Like even with jobs, even with like, whatever it is, she's always saying that there's always somebody worse out there. And she's, and it's right. And it's, you know, you're right. Like when people announce pregnancies all the time, cause you know, you got that friend group that's like, Oh, you know, married with kids. Mm-hmm. It hurts me. Because it's like, wow, I wish it was that easy for me. Or when I hear someone say, um, oh my God, I just want to have a kid. Well, it must be nice to just have a kid and you can plan it tomorrow. That's great. For me, it's been, for us, it's been like five years and all of a sudden there's nothing. Yeah. So it's, you know, with a, when a period comes, now I get so excited. I'm just like, oh my God, my period's here.
0: That's amazing, like I feel like you told us so much about your transformation, um, your story, it's a real life story, it's not being made up or anything. Um, I'm glad that you're able to share what a lot of PCOS women go through and probably Mm -hmm. we all have the same kind of experience, same kind of feelings, especially those who also want to get pregnant. Um, I just kind of want to round it up and ask you what would be the one message you would tell all PCOS women out there who, you know, who has PCOS, who's still struggling, who wants to get kids like?
1: Oh my gosh. The one thing I would say is I know it's easier said than done is stay positive. Um, I feel like through this journey, I've learned how to just Send those intentions of being positive. Um, surround your people by people who are supportive. Um, don't be shy to share your story because you'll be surprised when I decided to open up with my story. I felt like I was making an impact and creating awareness because then you're helping somebody else. Find people that have the same struggle as you. Like I didn't know to my family members. I didn't know until like three years ago they have PCOS, but they have different symptoms. Mm-hmm. So then we start talking about it. And we, we start expressing our symptoms because she can stay nice and skinny like a model. But then me, I'm just like, wow, what happened to me? Right. So everyone has different symptoms and it's, I know I'm going to keep saying this, like staying positive. It's around people, but you need to first accept, accept, the fact that you have pcos we have to accept it and once we in- accept it we can conquer it we can we can you know control our symptoms we can have those kids that we want we can have those periods that we're we're dying to have every month it's just we need to accept it and do research connect connect with other women i feel like at my time in my life right now i want to connect with other women I want to hear their stories. I want to support them because I feel like we need like a sisterhood of those who are suffering with PCOS, you know, get to know everyone's journey, get to know how they're managing and coping. Like naturopath is working for me, but maybe other people who are doing the medical way in a different way is working for them. I think we just need to get ourselves out there and, um, find those resources, encourage to, you know, look it up on the internet. I know a lot of things that you see, it's like, oh, you don't know if it's true or not, but get out there and just network. You know, I wish in Canada and Toronto in general, I wish they had like PC, PC uh, PCOS events. Like, you know how you, in the States there's like this Washington event and in you know, all parts of the States, everyone, ha- you know, heads down to Washington DC and, you know, they speak up, they voice how we, they need we need better resources. We need a cure. We need something. Yeah. You know, yeah,
0: I, need more awareness. I agree. Yes. Um, and this is one reason why, you know, I'm so happy that you're on this podcast because, you know, you're also sharing your message, you're broadcasting to everyone. And I'm hoping that um, other women who are listening to this right now, they would be equally inspired to share their stories um, I thank you so yeah. much, Angelica, for coming on to this episode.
1: It was such a fun time to talk. To you. Oh, thank you, thank you, Melissa. And I'm glad we were able to virtually meet um, a couple weeks ago, and yeah, to do. But this was this was on my to do list because, like, like I said, I'm a podcaster as well, just like Melissa, and it was uh, one of those things that I wanted to just start sharing story because we whoever's going through PCOS we have to take it day by day, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's a day by day, but, you know, getting all that support is so important. Hi guys. So that was the episode with Angelica. I hope you really enjoy it. That was the first episode where I actually brought a real person um, online to talk about her story and I really appreciate and I applaud Angelica for doing that. Um, As for anything else, everything we share on this podcast is not for medical purposes. This is just basically a support and sharing platform. If you feel like you resonate with Angelica or you want to find out more about finding a naturopath to help with your PCOS, uh, please Google and check out your own area because uh, we do not recommend our own doctors. Um, also for whatever reason any of the resource that we share is just basically what worked for us it it might not work for you and anything that we share is also pretty personal and it's all real we do not we're not making uh, all this information up and for lastly for all my listeners um, if you want a copy of my free guide um, where I talk about how to get stubborn weight loss with PCOS. I actually have a guide where I give to you three unexpected foods that can help you with this. I will paste the link to that in the show notes. And if you would like to be on the podcast, if you are someone with PCOS and you would want to share your own story, please email me at melissa at Also, if you want to find more information about how I work with my clients, Um, you can find me at www.nourishmail.com. To health and happiness, I'll see you next Friday.